there is a bone in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bone in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Sometimes I feel discouraged and think my words in Therefore, David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. First Chronicles 29, 10-13 in the English Standard Version. Well, hello and welcome to the Balm in Gilead podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grant Baker. And I am your other host, Grant Baker. Wait, what? Hold on. No, wait. Sorry. I am Brian Emerson. I forgot. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Brian, you confused me, too. Uh, That wasn't a song you read. No, it was not. And this is also not episode 12. This is episode Uh... 11.2. So what happened to eleven point one? That was last week. Mm, we okay. Already, we already did what that about eleven point zero? That is dividing. I don't know. <laughs> because it would be more confusing to have eleven point zero than eleven point one than eleven point two. That's true. Totally makes sense. Yeah, but we don't care about math. We just care about music, and you can't make. Artists follow any rules. So that said, I am your host, Brian Emerson. And I'm Grant Baker, your other co-host. And he is currently editing the format of the show notes as we speak to, uh, because he is also an artist. I'm, I'm, I, I just get a little peeved when people don't, you know, put in proper headings and it just kind of annoys me. Sure. Brian. Yeah. Well, it's hard to do that from a phone. Not to mention names. Yeah, not to mention new Wednesdays. So anyway, anyway, this is episode 11, part two. How about that? That'll work. Love it. Um, Love it. Last week, we went over three and a half songs um, that I felt were, uh, that were, I would say, grievous in the way that they treated uh, Jesus, sin, the gospel, and... Um, I just, let's just be honest. I don't like those songs. Um, (laughs) 
Well, at least you're honest. At least I'm honest. All, uh, all three and a half of those songs were type one songs. And so this week what we're doing is we are going to continue uh, talking about songs that I feel are more weak um, in certain areas. These are not, I would say, as grievous as the ones we went over last week. Um, some would probably call me being a little bit nitpicky on some of these. But what makes these uh. what makes these clearly different from the ones we did last week is these are type two songs. Two of them you could argue were intended to be type one songs. Um, but as we'll when we get to them I'll explain why I classify them as, as type two songs. I mm, I don't see any of these as even close to type one. No, Meaning no, but those sung in church in like a worship service. Uh-uh. Right. But I guarantee that at least the Hillsong churches sing those two Hillsong songs that we're going to go over. Um, that we're keeping very secret. That we're keeping very secret. Right time. Unless you listen to the entire playlist that we posted last week, then you already know which songs they are. Or if you listen to the end of last week's episode when we read what songs they were, they're not very secret. But uh, I'm just afraid, but I know that that's a liar. So I'm going to go ahead and suggest we move to follow-up then. I think follow up is a very good. I think I think you got this, but maybe me not today. Uh, all right, good graces, hold me. Okay, um. please just stop. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we did sneak in another song. We I I had said that we were going to go over four songs, and then I remember uh-huh. I remembered one this morning. I was like, oh no, we got to squeeze that one in. So sharp-eyed listeners will so, have already found this by this time. Yeah, that's probably true. Anyway, follow up. We got another email. Hey, all right. This is our third email. And so it's far, from, also, we've only had our one, number one fan. From our number I one fan, say. Karen Greenfield, yes. who has sent all three of Thank our you, emails. Karen. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Yes. Um, we like getting emails. We do. We do. So I'm pretty sure that she wrote this email while listening to our last episode and just jotted down an idea here and there as she was listening. And you can, you can be the judge, but this is, this is her email. It says, well, I appreciated the comments on fear. Some Christians seem so assured God in his sovereignty allows me to experience anxiety probably. So I will continually go to him. My first introduction to Babylon B was their Oceans article kept me coming back. One person I had I had a discussion about reckless love with used the illustration from Narnia books. Aslan is good but not safe. It wasn't convincing, but I did understand his point of view. I still refuse to sing the song. I do appreciate the podcast and hope you continue. This was not a very organized email. Just wanted you to know you're not talking to empty space. With prayer your sister in Christ, Karen Greenfield. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. I'm so glad we're not talking to empty space. It makes me feel better. Yeah. And, uh, and Karen is in my small group at church and, uh, yeah, a couple weeks ago, uh, before the whole COVID stuff stopped us from meeting. Back uh, when we had small groups. Back when we had small groups. Remember back when we had small groups back before social distancing and, all that good stuff. But anyway, she said that she 
personally um, struggles with fear and that she is was a little wary of the way that I was using the term fear and how I was upset mm-hmm. about fear and stuff like that. And so we had a good conversation about, um, about the distinction that I have specifically about using fear in place of sin as a substitute for sin and as a distraction from sin. And, and it was, it was a good conversation. And so, um, a cool. lot of, so a lot of what I wrote about in our, um, in our icebreaker last week was specifically to talk about that conversation. So I'm really glad that she appreciated it and that she wrote because I wrote it for her specifically. So that was cool. So, yeah, awesome. Well, I will say that um, in the past, I've also dealt a lot with fear and probably still do. My yeah. wife will be the first to tell you um, that that's been, that's really hard. Um, fear of all kinds of things, um, rational and irrational. Yes. Uh, and in uh, rational fear versus irrational fear is an incredibly important distinction as well. And we can get into that later, but. Um, I definitely think that, that that needs to be addressed, but I, but I interrupted you. Oh no, I wasn't going to, I'm glad you did because it made me sound smarter by cutting me off before I had nothing to say. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Um, and, and and I've said this before and I will say this again and and we're going to have an episode specifically on fear. It might end up being a two parter episode because that's a lot to talk about. But rational, but rational fear, rational fear, um, is a gift from God to help keep us alive. If we, if people had no rational fear at all, we would like, we do really stupid things like walk into fire and for no reason or jump off a cliff or, you know, try to swim with cement blocks on our feet we would do stupid things because we had no fear you know that's fear is is a is an incredibly important gift that god has given us in order to keep us alive um and so that's important to understand it and uh irrational fear a lot of times can be chalked up to mental imbalance which is a product of the fall um Mm. And people are just inexplicably afraid of things. And and I'll tell you, probably one of my my go-to irrational fears that I have, and this is a serious thing, I'm not, like, trying to be smart or anything, jellyfish. Like, I won't swim in the ocean, not because of sharks, but because of an irrational fear of jellyfish. Just throwing that out there. Uh, Yeah, no, I have been there. I grew up in Florida on the beach, um... And there were times when the jellyfish would wash up on the seashore mm-hmm. um, and they'd just be all dead and on there. And they, there was always lots of warnings from people that were like, hey, uh, they can still sting you even when you're when they're dead. So don't go near them. Don't touch them. And so I think that um, that contributed to uh, my what I like to refer to as a healthier fear of jellyfish. Um, (laughs) although, um, they are really cool looking. They are incredibly cool looking. And that's one of my favorite places to go in an aquarium is the jellyfish. exhibit. Yes. Because they're all, it's always so cool. Yes. But, um, yeah, I have an irrational fear of jellyfish. Uh, it's even hard to say without laughing at myself, but I do. Um, (laughs) but I would say one thing about fear 
is that I do not believe that fear is a liar because I do not believe that fear is a uh, is a living breathing being that can mislead it's, you it's not a rational actor it's not a rational actor uh, that said let's awkwardly segue into our first song that we're going to review and oh, it's only odd because he called it out, man. Oh, That's I know. Gold podcast gold. That right was podcast there. gold. I like to call out my awkward segues. I think it's fun. Anyway, fear <laughs> is a liar by Zach Williams. Fear is a liar. When he told you you're not good enough. When he told you you're not right. When he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight. When he told you you're not worthy. When he told you you're not love, when he told you you're not beautiful, that you'll never be enough, fear is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your steps. Fear is a liar. He will rob your rest, steal your happiness, cast your fear in the fire. Because fear, he is a liar. When he told you you are troubled, you'll forever be alone. When he told you you should run away, you'll never find a home. When he told you you were dirty and you should be ashamed, when he told you you could not uh, when he told you you could be the one uh, that grace could never change let your fire fall and cast out all my fears let your fire fall your love is all I feel um, I, I'm just going to preface this by saying that I think a more a truth uh, that this is getting really close to is that fear can be a lie um, not every fear is, but I think that fear can be a lie. It mm. can, it can be a weapon used by Satan to, um, to do all of what he's saying. There's a lot of truth in what's in this song, uh, that Satan will tell you that you're not good enough and he will use fear to do this. Satan will tell you that you're not right and he can use fear to do this. Um, and so if you think of this through that lens, uh, that Satan is a liar and that fear is a tool that he uses a lot of times, uh, to tell his lie, uh, this song makes a lot more sense, but that's really clunky and you can't really say that without, uh, explaining things. But what this does is it downplays the work of Satan it increases fear to a level that we really shouldn't place it. And uh, in the second verse, when it talks about when he told you you were dirty and you should be ashamed, uh, these are words that are downplaying sin and kind of distracting you away from the root of the problem. And so... uh, in short, just looking at this and with at as an overview, that is my biggest issue with this particular song is sure. that, that it it really elevates fear to something it doesn't need to be. It downplays the work of Satan, who is real and who we are actually fighting, um, and it kind of avoids talking about sin in particular, which honestly is the root of of the problem. Um, and I'd say the other thing about the song that really bothers me is um, is at its core, what Zach was was using to kind of as his inspiration was uh, was 
first John four, uh, 17 and 18. And, mm-hmm. um, I think he really, really abuses the, uh, the scripture. I, I really think that he takes it out of context and doesn't have a firm grasp of what the verse is, especially the first half of verse 18. And I think this gets taken out of context a lot. And, um, and that, uh, First John four eighteen a is there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear using the word, cast your fear in the fire. And then the line at the end, let your fire fall. Your love is all I feel. Uh, also Zach has gone on the record to say that that was the verse that inspired this song. So this isn't just me pulling that out. That he, he himself has said that that verse is what inspired this song. And well, it's always good. Yeah. I hear that. Um, but I'm going to read verses 17 and 18 and then kind of talk about that a little bit. It's by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. This verse is talking about a very specific fear. It's not a general fear. It is a specific fear of, um, of going to hell when you die. It's a fear of fear of punishment, of being punished yeah. for your sin. It is a fear of, um, it, it is a fear that in its, in its essence is is in opposition of the assurance of pardon. And so mm-hmm. what, what John is really trying to talk about in this passage is if you are in Christ, you are assured of your pardon. That is, that was the message of this particular passage. Um, and when you take that one verse, uh, the half of a verse, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. I mean, you can use that to read through Harry Potter and say, this is where you can tell that Harry is good and that he's not afraid because he has love. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I'm, I'm reading through Harry Potter right now, and so uh, <laughs> so that's pertinent. But, um, you know, I mean, you can you can take that particular verse and make it mean whatever you want it to if you take it out of its context. And that's why I think so many songs are talking about fear and love is because that half of a verse taken completely out of context and just seeing scripture abused uh, makes me upset. As I think it should. Yeah, and uh, first of all, I'm backing up here. I I do think he goes to... uh, Reading between the lines, I think he's trying to equate fear with Satan. Yeah, I, oh, I definitely I, agree. I mean, that, that's for sure there. So to your first point, I I definitely see, like, fear, but fear is, like, the tool Satan uses is being equated with Satan himself, which is uh, perhaps not appropriate in this particular context. A synecdoche, that's what mm-hmm. you would call that. Isn't um, that a town in New York? So, uh, that is actually uh, called New York City. Oh, I was thinking um, Schenectady. Is... No, no, there's not even 
the the only city in New York I know of is, New is York. Buffalo, Buffalo because of the wings, and then New York City. Pretty sure there's one called Schenectady. The, I am almost certain there is, but this is Schenectady. Okay. And I could be pronouncing that wrong, but I read it in a lot of old books, yeah. and so I think it's right because I've had to look it up so often. But it's like um, saying something like, oh, um, the suits came uh, came down to discuss uh, strategy and use suits to, uh, you know, something that sure. people generally wear to refer to kind of the whole. Yeah. And uh, like executives. And and I can get behind that. Like I I I one hundred percent agree that he is equating fear with Satan, which I am saying is dangerous. Um for multiple reasons. Like I said before, some fear, especially rational fear, is actually the opposite of a liar. Rational fear is a truth that God has given us. Um we should be afraid of fire. We should be afraid of heights. Mm -hmm. We should be afraid of water and we should study it and we should learn how to properly harness it for our benefit. But with fear and trembling, sometimes we should, um, we should avoid using it foolishly because it could end our lives. And I think that that fear is the same fear that we put in the Lord. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and so the fear of the Lord is not a liar. But to blanketly state that fear is a liar and equating fear with sin is um, theologically confusing. Sure. Especially when you look into the fear of the Lord. Uh, yes, that I think would be a really natural place um, uh, to, to really draw that line. Obviously, um, that would get very confusing if you think that fear of the Lord is a liar. That is wrong. We are taught to fear the Lord right? Uh, in Scripture. So let me ask you a couple questions. Okay. When you're looking through these lyrics, mm-hmm. uh, when you're putting yourself in those shoes, because he's, he's talking to you, and you know, Zach is talking to you, and he told you, uh, do mm-hmm. you feel like you are a villain that you are, um, a willful, a willful, uh, participant in the rejection of God's will for your life? Or do you feel as if you are a victim? That's the other point I was going to bring up too, is that, and, uh, that whole last verse, when he told you you were troubled, you'll forever be alone. When he told you you should run away, you'll never find a home. When he told you you were dirty and you should be ashamed. When he told you, you could, uh, be the one uh, that grace could never change it should say and he was right he was right he was right and only by the grace of god you know or something like that yeah i was just riffing riffing yeah. there I, I don't know if you like that or i, I did <laughs> i like that america, let's just say we all know america's got talent oh yeah uh, uh, uh the point being um uh, I think you've probably heard this particular phrase said before, but the devil doesn't have to lie. Mm-hmm. He just has to tell you the truth about yourself, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Like he just has to tell you what you've done. Yeah. Um, 
Absolutely. And, uh, and that's why he's called the accuser. Yeah. He, he, he tempts you. He, he, uh, I think, I don't remember how Shylin puts it and I should look this up for follow up. but there, in one of his songs, he was uh, talking about Satan. Mm-hmm. It's in the, uh, it's in a theological, um, the lyrical theology, uh, album about mm-hmm. the evil powers or whatever, but he talks about Satan. He goes first, Satan tempts you to sin. Then once you've sinned, he accuses you to your face mm-hmm. and keeps mm-hmm. you down. I mean, it's just like, that's what, that's how he works. And there's nothing in yeah. this song about fear tempting you to run away from God. He he says he told you you should run away, but he doesn't mm-hmm. use the language of and he tempts you to turn away, uh, which is the truth. In a lot of ways, this song is the lie. You know, it's got a little bit of truth in there, but it doesn't tell the whole truth. And um, you know that when he told you you should run away, it's you got to look at the root. You know, what this means is when he tempts you to sin and willfully reject God of your own volition. Mm-hmm. And then you become, you become the, the villain, not the victim. And that this sure. whole, song just completely victimizes every sinner. And it, and it turns the, it turns the table and it gives you someone to blame. You get in mm-hmm. uh, and it's, I mean, like, what do you need salvation from at that point? Right. Huh? Yeah. You just need, you don't need salvation from your sin. You don't need an atonement. What you need is comfort. What you need is a home. What you need is someone you can run to. And it's, that's not wrong, but it's not right. And that you'll never be enough. <laughs> oh yeah. No, you, you, you shouldn't, you should always know that you'll never be enough that you don't need to be enough. Because Jesus was enough for you. Yeah, it reminds me of a recent White Horse Inn episode. Uh, I talk about the, I, I, I could swear I've talked about this before, uh, not this particular episode, but where they do these man on the street type things. And okay. at this one, they're at a Christian conference, a Christian conference, you know, and they're just kind of patrolling the, the trade floor there, you know, where all mm-hmm. the um, different vendors are set up. And they're asking them questions. Do you have to, um, be perfect to enter the kingdom of God, to enter a heaven, really. And everybody was like, well, no, none of us are perfect and and whatnot, but um, so no, you don't have to be perfect to enter heaven, but that's exactly what Romans, and this mm-hmm. is their point, that that's exactly what Romans says, is that you have to be perfect. There is no other way. Yeah, And um, so that you'll never be enough. That is true. You're, you're, you're not going to be enough. That's because it's not dependent upon your righteousness is Christ's righteousness imputed to you. Right. Yeah. And anyway, uh, anyway, yeah. So this song, um, this song made it to the, the number three spot in billboard, the hot Christian charts. Um, wow. His it was his third single that he ever released. His first was Chainbreaker, which hit number one. His second was Old Church Choir, which hit number one. He was the first person in Billboard history for the first two singles to release to both hit number one, uh, and this uh-huh. one hit number three. So his first three that he released were all hits. Uh, number one, good for him. Number, That's uh, yeah, hard to do. Number one when this song released was I can only imagine. Oh yeah, which was because of the movie that came out about the song. So the song I can only imagine re-hit number one 
when the movie I forgot came that out. they had a movie about that song. Yeah. yeah. And the number two song at the time was Reckless Love, which was pushed out of the number one slot by I Can Only Imagine. Then it went right back to the number one slot once that song kind of had its day again. So Fear's a Liar hit number three. Wow. Huh. Well, uh, type two song. Type two song. Absolutely type two song. And um, there's another song that's really similar by Francesca Battistelli um, mm-hmm. called The Breakup Song, which also kind of uh, talks to fear as if fear is a person. And the more I've listened mm-hmm. to that song, the more I consider it a type three song and not a type two song. And when I look at it as a type three song, it doesn't bother me nearly as much as when I'm thinking of it like a type two song. Um, and so it used to be on this list, but Fear's a Liar is clearly a type two song and not a type three song because it is very much about the Bible and about spirituality and about, um, and about spiritual warfare. Although it never mentions Jesus or God or anything like that, or even salvation, no gospel, there's no gospel, there's no law in it, but it is clearly talking about Satan. And so because Mm -hmm. of that, because of the language that's in this song, um, and the and the clear draw to the first John passage, it is it is clearly a type two song, um, but yeah, the breakup song. Uh, the more I listen to it, the more I think it's it's borderline clever, and it's grown on me quite a bit. Even though I still don't like it, uh, it I went from loathing it to I can tolerate it. <laughs> That's what I mean when I say it's <laughs> it's grown on me. But um, well, it's something I suppose. Yeah. So anyway. Let's move on to the next song. Okay. The next song got? is called You Got This by Love and the Outcome. And you I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and preface this and say this is not that bad of a song. This is definitely in my I tolerate it. It gets stuck in my head. It is an, it is a complete earworm. Um, mm-hmm. and just before I even get into it I'm just going to say my biggest problem with this is its incredible laid backness and it's mm-hmm. incredible. I just think um, just it's talking about something that's really important and it's just saying it in such a laid back tone that I think that it borderlines disrespect. Um, and I am more than willing to say I could be overreacting, but I'm going to go ahead and read through it. Okay. Have you ever had one of those days when nothing really goes your way? Then you see, it wasn't meant to. You get a new view. Yeah, yeah. Everybody has sleepless nights. Lost in the worry. Will I work out all right? Feels like I'm going crazy. Stressed out. Praying. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not a lot. No, it's not a lot. I give you all I got. Give you all I got. I know it's true. I can count on you. I don't know the way, but you got this. Give me the faith that you got this. Even today, you got this. I know that I know that I know that you got this. Caught up in the same mistakes. You catch my fall when I fall on my face. Learning slowly, God, you show me. Yeah, yeah. There's a better way. There's a better way. I give you everything. Give you everything. I know it's true. I can count on you. Breathe in. Breathe out. Feels good to shout it out. Shout it out. Well, 
it is kind of a nice song. I mean, it's like it's got a great rhythm, mm-hmm. great little kind of, you know, one of those. Uh, it's a, I can only describe it as like a modern song. Like it's yeah. very of the times right yeah, now. Yeah, it's very current. I can see rolling the windows down and blasting this in the stereo. Yeah, as it's, we drive down the road. It's very pleasant kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a very pleasant song. Uh, it is an incredible earworm, just meaning that it gets it burrows itself into your ears. And if it's if this is the last song you hear before you like turn your car off to get to work, this song will be in your head the whole day. It's just one of those. <laughs> um, and the rhythms are really good. Um, her vocals are really nice. Like I, I've got a lot mm-hmm. of I've got a lot of good to say about this song. But would you say though? Go ahead. That it would lull you into some false theology. Yes, I was gonna say. I was gonna say <laughs> that. Yeah, it can. It can lull you into like, to like, yeah, that that false security. Um, and a lot of songs do that. Uh, a lot of songs yeah. will will lull you into a false security because the music is nice. The music sounds cool. The music is is good. The rhythms are good. The and yeah, you can get lost in that and then not really pay attention to what's going on. Um, that said, this this song is still pretty tame. Um, the biggest the biggest issues just just looking through this uh, that you got this. I, I, I hate that the you got this. <laughs> it's of, of course God has it. He is sovereign creator of the entire universe. To say you got this is to me disrespectful. It's uh, you. The argument that I might be able to get behind is to say that, um, you know, if you have such comfort in the sovereignty of God and, uh, and you know that you can, that you can approach that that throne of grace at any time, uh, you might get to a point in your walk where you feel comfortable with God to, uh, to talk to him about anything and everything in any sort of way. And I don't want to discourage that. Um, but that's very personal. If if you feel comfortable talking to uh, talking like that in your prayers to God, uh, that is between you and Him. But to go on the radio and to and to do and to say this to, to use this language publicly uh, really downplays who God is. And uh, you God can God can condescend to your level, but you can't cond ascend. I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> you know, but you know what I mean? I love it. <laughs> and I wasn't planning on making up a word on the spot. It just kind of hit me. Um, no, that was brilliant. I, uh, I, I like that. Cond ascend. Yes. Yeah. And, and you can't, uh, uh, you can't ascend. Yeah. Something. <laughs> this is good. We could do this all night. Um, I will say that uh, saying that, yeah. So that would mean it's kind of like a, it's a, it's breaking the third commandment, right? Yeah, it can be. Case. I'm, I'm not like so willing to say that she is breaking the third commandment, but it, it's, it can be like you, you can break the third commandment in that way for sure. Um, and I just want to point this song out. There's another one that actually the next one that we're going to do is really similar um, in that 
I just don't think that it's good to use that sort of laid back language when talking to the creator and sustainer of the entire universe. Um, mm-hmm. When you look at like the hymn writers, they, mm-hmm. they didn't use, they didn't use current modern language. They, they almost went toward the, like the, the antiquated, like not frilly, but just like the most, educated lofty language that they could because they're bringing their best to God. Like Mm. how, what is the best way that I can say this? What is the way I can say this? That really captures the weight of who God is. And, uh, and this doesn't capture God's weight. You got this doesn't capture God's weight. Um, this first verse though, I want to say there's a lot of truth in there. Have you ever had one of those days where nothing really goes your way? And then you see it wasn't meant to. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good line. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and it's something that's probably missed by a lot of these, uh, well, just a lot of popular songs I'd probably say these days. It's like, well, if nothing's going right, man, then you got to get your life right or something like yeah. that. Or, I mean, look, look at Job's know. friends. I mean, that's, that's, uh-huh. that's the exact argument that Job's friends had. You know, he was, mm-hmm. he was sitting on an ash heap, scraping in his boils with a broken pot. And they said, you need to repent of your sin. And this isn't going your way. And so that's all your fault. You need to repent. He's like, I didn't do anything. And sometimes it just, it's not meant to go your way. What did, did Kit die because of my sin? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying she didn't because God definitely has done that. There's precedent for it, but you know, it's not, it's not my knowledge to have. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's, that's a really hard conversation that of course, Renee and I have had over and over again. Was there something that we did spiritually, but that's not mm-hmm. healthy. That's not what God wants us to mm-hmm. do. Sometimes mm-hmm. things just don't go our way. And you know why they don't go our way? because we live in a broken fallen world and it's a consequence of sin. And that is a very, very weighty discussion and a weighty reality that saying you got this just doesn't capture. Yeah. I want to add to that if I can just not necessarily with kit, but Mm. with just other things in our life that don't go the you know, don't go the way we mend it to or whatever. A lot of the time too, that's because we don't have, uh, in addition to it being a a broken fallen world, a lot of the time too, it's just that we don't have the knowledge um, to understand actually, like we don't actually know what the best way, the best outcome would be. And God does. Right. He's a lot bigger and wiser than we are. So when in the Bible it says uh, something like all things work together for the good of those who uh, love him and uh, love God and are um, that verse. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Um, What I'm trying to say is that we're just not big enough or wise enough to understand how the world fits together in the way that would be best for us. Sure. So there's a, uh, there's a passage where there's a blind man and the Pharisees go to Jesus and they say, was it for, 
for this man's sin or was it for his parents' sin that he was blind? And Jesus' response was, it's not for his sin nor his parents' sin, but he is blind so that my glory may be shown right now. And he healed him. So that man lived his entire life blind, um, a burden to his parents, a burden to society for years, only so that Jesus' glory could be shown at that moment. And it wasn't unfair to the man. It wasn't unfair to his parents because we live in a broken, fallen world, and that happens uh, as a consequence of sin. But also... Jesus' glory was shown at that moment, and um, and that man was very grateful that Jesus healed him. Um, also, think of the story of Joseph in uh, in Genesis. You know, Joseph was sold into slavery, and, he, and then he was mistreated as a slave, and then he was mistreated as a prisoner until finally he was second in command, and his entire family was saved. And that was all God's plan. And so we absolutely uh, we don't have the full vision to see God's plan, but we also don't often have the full understanding to uh, to understand God's plan. And sometimes we're just not going to like God's plan. Like if God, this is one thing that that re- my wife uh, read um, was that sometimes, like if God came down and told us His exact reason for why Kit died, are we going to like it? The answer is probably not. You know, it's it's God. He is sovereign, and it is best. But that doesn't mean I have to like it. It doesn't mean I'm going to like it. Um, but it's such a weighty discussion. It is so incredibly weighty, and you got this. Just doesn't just doesn't capture it. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you following along at home. I was talking about Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Uh, we also reference John 9, 1 through 12, um, with the man born blind. And then also Genesis 50, verse 20, I believe, mm-hmm. is where, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Uh, We'll link to all those in the show notes for sure. Sounds good. Real-time follow-up for the win. <laughs> all right. So we're going to move on to the next song, and this is by Hillsong United. It's called Not Today. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's sung by Hillsong United, I can only assume it is sung in the Hillsong Church Network. And if it is sung in the Hillsong Church Network, it's probably sung in many churches. Um, this should definitely be a Type 2 song, but it is, you know... One and a half. We'll just call it one and a half for now. Um, Trouble won't throw me, won't break me, won't scare me no more. Fear must have thought I was faithless when it came for my heart. Because I got a song that will never die. I know your love is the reason why. I'll sing the night into the morning. I'll sing the fear into your praise. I'll sing my soul into your presence. Whenever I say your name, let the devil know not today. Tell me, did the enemy panic as you took up that cross? Tell me, did the darkness cry mercy as you rolled back that rock? Because I know your life is the life in mine. I know your love is the reason why. 
Your love stood down death, crushed the devil's head. Fear is just a liar running out of breath. The fight beneath your feet. I am standing with Jesus' name, so let the devil know not today. Um, There is a reprise where in this infinite repeating loop of let the devil know not today, no not today, not ever again is uh, one of the lines that's thrown out there. But um, yeah. I just I just say that because like the obvious not today Satan maybe tomorrow you know I mean it's uh, <laughs> well have, it feels least, like it's piggybacking yeah. off some popular cultural right uh, phenomenon and is is trying to make a praise song out of it exactly and, and like, that huh? that is why this song bothers me at the very at the very root like that is like the glaring like you're really going to take a Facebook meme and make a praise song out of it. Not today, Satan, but yeah, they cover, they at least cover their, their, their butts when they said not ever again. So, uh, you know, so that we can't say maybe tomorrow. Um, but yeah, so you know how I, yeah, I mean like the origins of not today, Satan are not exactly Christian either. No. Um, (laughs) uh, it's, um, comes from some show called RuPaul's Drag Race and was said by season six's winner Bianca Del Rio. Nice. Who served up some clown realness. I had uh, no the, idea that was the origin of, of uh, that. Yeah, the, the meaning means the devil, a.k.a. Satan, will not get in your way today. So it's kind of a name it and claim it kind of approach. Oh, it's absolutely name some, it and claim it. I, I mean, this is coming from Urban Dictionary. Take that with a grain of salt. I will not link you there just in case I have a ad blocker. So, well, um, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. Who are you talking to when you say not today, Satan just, and this song Mm. doesn't say this. The song is actually talking to God, but when you say not today, Satan, you are technically praying to Satan, um, in, in the moment when you think of what prayer is, uh, to say Hmm. not today, Satan is a, prayer to satan not to attack you today it is not like the way this song does it let the devil know not today so i'm actually taught at this it's a step in the right direction i'm talking to jesus or i'm at least talking mm. to god and i'm saying mm. mm-hmm. it, as a part of my prayer let the devil know not today but it's just a step i mean it's and and everyone who hears a song is going to think not today satan um just because of the current times um but yeah it's a it's it's just weird. It's weird. You also know how much I love colloquial language and speaking in ways where you're dropping out words, which I didn't mention in the last song. Uh, you got this is definitely colloquial language. Uh, you have this would be the correct grammar. Um, but uh, trouble won't throw me, won't break me, won't scare me. No more. That's any more. Um, Yes, it's colloquial. Yes, they said that on purpose. They didn't make a mistake. I, but in a praise and worship song, that's a no, which is why I say this is really a type two song. Um, you can use colloquial language yeah. in a type two song. And so I refuse to say that this is a type one song uh, because of the colloquial language and also the Facebook meme reference. Ooh. Right, which is a distinctly non-Christian. Which is a distinctly <laughs> non-Christian origin. Um, it's at least not like uh, 
French atheist. I don't know. Yeah, but it's yeah. I, I mean, it, it comes from a a LGBT from, yeah. type show. That, yeah, it's know. yeah, and exactly. But here's what's funny about that too. I mean, like uh, Christians kind of like heard that, and then they sort of subsumed that into the Christian subculture. Yeah, uh, to the point where Google, based on my recent search history, suggests that I search for "Not Today Satan" Bible verse. <laughs> Yeah. Well, which interestingly, gonna... Interest... when you search for it, doesn't bring up any Bible verses. <laughs> huh. That's <laughs> fascinating. Um, so let me just throw this out there real quick. Just on the surface level, the song does mention uh-huh. Jesus. It does mention I... the cross and the empty grave. Um, it does mention um, the enemy. You know, did the enemy panic? Um, it does mention darkness and fear quite often. Mm. Um, and uh, and then it just has some really weird stuff in there. Like, I'll sing the fear into your praise. I'll sing the night into the morning. Well, I'll sing the night into the morning is loosely based on scripture. I'm going to say loosely based on scripture. And I'm going to say um, the specifically scripture that comes to mind is we'll turn your morning into dancing. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can see that, you know, I'll sing the night into the morning, you know, the, 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 yeah, the morning. I'll I'll send my microphone into your face. Yeah. It almost the, sounds like a the M O U R N I N G into the dancing. You know, I mean, it's oh yeah, I, yeah. I I can I can see that as pseudo biblical, but the I don't understand what they mean by "I'll sing the fear into your praise." You just got to kind of start to just well, wonder. Fear of the Lord? No, uh, I'll sing the the fear would be the the liar who's running out of breath. Who, by the way, oh, this song yes. is quoting. Fear is a liar, which I find hilarious. Um, fear is just a liar running out of breath. Um, I wonder how Zach Williams felt about this particular song when it came out, quoting his song. <laughs> but uh, which one came first? Did it? Fear, did, fear is, is a liar. That... I'm pretty sure okay. fear is a liar right. came out first. Okay. Um, yeah. Is that be awkward if it was the other way around? It would be awkward if, if it was the other way around. But I'm I'm pretty uh, sure fear is a liar came out first. We can look into that. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Fear's Liar came out first. Uh, yeah. So it's just, it's interesting. Uh, I'll sing the fear into your praise. It's, it's basically like the way I see it, it's white knuckling this, uh, this feeling of, you know, of desperation, you know, this feeling of everything that Fear's Liar talks about. And I'm going to sing it through an act. And I'm going to push through it until I'm praising you. And uh, and I don't understand theologically where they get where like where they're coming from. The the night into the morning, I can get that fear into your praise. I just don't get that. Then I'll sing my soul into your presence is <laughs> really super mystical. Um, I mean that's when you when you you know your presence. We're talking like physical presence mm-hmm. and there's a 
you know, I'll sing my soul into your presence. It's just super mystical. I mean, it's, it's like trying to value this closeness to God that we don't need to worry about if he is living in us. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so I don't know, it's just this, it's just really, really mystical element to it. Uh, they, uh, skip around the idea of sin like normal. Um, and yeah, that's, that's just kind of how I feel about this song. So both albums came out in 2017. Uh, FYI, just a little real time follow up. Um, um, I'm getting a little bit. Of, oh, that's fear, the deluxe edition. The fear is a liar Sorry. came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out late 2016, 2016 uh, because yeah. the, he, he dropped his EP late 2016 and then the full album came out early the next year, which is how he uh, was able to get nominated for a Grammy for the song Chainbreaker oh, okay. one year yeah, and then was able that. to get nominated for a Grammy for the album the next year. He did not win his first Grammy nomination. He did win his second Grammy nomination. Um, I know this because I was almost in Zach Williams' praise band. <laughs> well, just in tell. case. Yeah. Just in case. I you mean, wondering. if you want a name drop, go ahead. <laughs> I'm not getting in your way. Yes. After I just said his song was awful. Um, yes. I was almost in his praise band. Hillsong United dropped not today on the, uh, uh, on the, um, shoot, you know, the, the rainbow CD looking yeah. one, uh, wonder, sorry. Uh, and it looks like, uh, June 8, 2017. So it was like a good, it was a solid six, six to nine months. months. Yeah. Um, Oh, sorry. 9th of June. Yeah. 2017. Yeah. So it's, it was a solid six yeah, to nine close months. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Okay. Well, Let's move on. What's our, you know, Good Graces? What's our, what's our next song? It's Good Grace, also by Hillsong United. Uh, oh, oh, right. Okay. Uh, this is one that there's one line in it that is just it is awful. Like I'm just gonna say this right now. There's one line in it that is absolutely wrong. Uh, well, at least it's only one. Well, the rest of the song makes no sense. So I'm just gonna. Throw that judgment okay, out there before so, we get started. So we have, we have, oh, I don't know. Like the verses. 20, 30 lines that don't make sense in one line. In one line that's just wrong. Flat out wrong. Yes. Okay. Um, so the chorus of this song has a, has a decent amount of like substance as far as words, but the verses are all like three words, pause, three words, pause, three words. It's just really weird. People come together, strange as neighbors. Our blood is one. Children of generations, of every nation, of kingdom come. Don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head up high. Don't fear no evil. Fix your eyes on this one truth. God is madly in love with you. Take courage. Mm. Hold on. Be strong. Remember where our help comes from. Jesus, our redemption, our salvation is in his blood. Jesus, light of heaven. Friend forever, his kingdom come. Swing wide, all you heavens, let the praise go up 
as the walls come down. All creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound. All his children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus. At least they had Psalm 150 thrown in there. You're so good at spotting stuff like that. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Good grace. Um, do you think God is madly in love with you? Absolutely not. That line is the line that, well, the, the line itself, God is madly in love with you would bother me, but that it's, that it is preceded by fix your eyes on this one truth. The song is declaring that, that this line, God is madly in love with you is the most important truth that we should fix our eyes on. And that is wrong. Um, first of all, God is not madly in love with you. Madly in love is a very romantic idea. Like I am, I am madly in love with my wife. Um, but wait, I thought I was part of the bride of Christ. Shouldn't Jesus be madly in love with me as part of his, of his bride? That's just confusing. That is just, that is, it's just so mixed messages. I mean, the idea of being madly in love with someone is very closely tied to sexual attraction and uh, God is not madly in love with me in that way. And just to even think about that as heresy. I mean, it's, it's just not, it's not right. It is not right at all. Um, Also, I would say that the term madly in love is one of uh, great fleetingness. The way that it's usually mm-hmm. used is, you know, I might be madly in love with someone today, which is very closely tied to infatuation. Uh, this very intense attraction that I have to someone that may or may not be there tomorrow. And so how many people once how many how many guys out there once told their girl, I am madly in love with you, and five years later, don't even think about them anymore? Um, you know, that's probably happened many, many times. How many high school students say, I'm madly in love with you, not understanding what the words mean? How many right. how many men marry their their wife, say I'm madly in love with you, and then divorce them? I mean, it's there's just that that phrase just because of circumstances in our culture just doesn't carry any weight, but that's not the one truth that we need to be fixing our eyes on. Um, the one truth that we need to be fixing our eyes on is that Jesus Christ laid down his life so that we could be saved from our sins in that, uh, we have been given Christ's righteousness and Mm -hmm. that we are, we grow closer to Christ as we grow more like Christ every day. And that is all tied to God's love for us. Uh, you know, even going back to that first John four, the whole chapter is about love and God's love. And, And if you love God, you will abide in God and he will abide in you. And that, is very similar in language to this. And that is a very good truth to fix our eyes on, but to, to use the language that is used in this song, um, 
it just it tarnishes it. it it makes it into something it isn't it makes it into this um you know it makes it into this romantic infatuation and sexual attraction language that is just wrong and uh, and it just it makes me angry yeah i mean uh, the what it's talking about here and where it's tripping i think both of us up is that it's denying god's impassibility is how um it's been stated by by some and you know i refer us to westminster uh catechism uh, 2.1 which I think we both hold to, mm-hmm. and um, it would say, and it says there is but one only living and true God who is infinite in being and perfection, a most pure spirit, invisible, without body, parts, or passions. And uh, the passions is what it's it's really talking about there. Um, uh, so that's that that. That, that that's what we're talking about. Like God doesn't have like these these fleeting passions, um, uh, these uh, emotions. And yes, uh, we talk about um, we, we talk about God having things like emotions, but really that's more just kind of putting in human terms something of what it kind of seems like to us. But it's not actually God having like the emotion of love um although god is love Um, and that that gets into a whole nother part of um kind of theology and what what this particular thing is saying here too god is also um immense uh, the, the bigness of god immutable um he doesn't change and uh, there's one more where it's like he, like he's in indivisible, like he, he's without body or parts. Yeah, and uh, one thing that I've always really been uh, interested in is the the attributes of God in general and His communicable versus His incommunicable uh, attributes. Because I can throw out big words too. Uh, you're better at it than I am. I mean, I'm just trying to learn these things. Um almost for the first time in, in, in some ways. Yeah. Uh, although I feel like they've been around for a long time. Oh, they've been around for a really long time. And just for you listening <laughs> at home, the communicable attributes of God are those uh, attributes that he shares with us. Like, you know, God is love. And so we can love God is a creator. And so mm-hmm. we can create, um, that's right. And really, just about every attribute that we have that is not sinful or fallen comes from God. Um, we rule because God is the ruler of all. You know, we uh, you know, we we do. Uh, I mean, we sing because God sings. You know, we uh, we write poetry because God is a poet. But God also has His incommunicable um, attributes, which is His His. Um, impassibility his immutability yeah, things like god belong doesn't, only to god yeah god yeah. doesn't change but we change constantly mm-hmm. um, right you know every moment we are slightly older and therefore we are different god does not get older therefore and not therefore but god does not get older and so also he doesn't change uh, he is the same yesterday today and forever um but one i find it really interesting that one of his communicable attributes is his holiness. Uh, he allows us 
to be holy because he is holy. He does not place upon he us. He commands us to be holy. Right. He commands us. He, yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't command us to be, uh, to be immutable as he is immutable. Cause that's, that's not only uh, impossible because it's too high of a thing. It's just, we can't like, that's just, it's non-communicable. We can't do that. We can be holy like he is holy, but we can't because we are, we have a sinful nature. It's confusing. Um, but he will make us holy. He's not going to make us uh, impassable or immutable. That's not something that he, that's going to happen to us when we go to heaven, but we will be holy. And uh, so that's, that's fun. But that's also free and not what we were talking about in the song. Um, <laughs> but just kind of going back to these, to this verse this verse one, people come together. Strange as neighbors, our blood is one. I have no idea what they're getting at, especially when you look at like the chorus. Like I have no idea as a songwriter, what argument they're starting to make. That's going to lead to that chorus. Children of generations of every nation of kingdom come clearly that they're referencing the Lord's prayer with with the line kingdom come. But I have no idea what they mean by that, especially getting like as, um, you know, as an argument getting to that chorus. And and, and I'm going to say this, this is almost sounds Unitarian to me. (laughs) Unitarian universalist. Right. But even then, like I'm going to, give you just a little window into the songwriter and this and how to write a song. Um, there's a guy named Pat Patterson, uh, which I think is one of the coolest names ever. Uh, not Pat Patterson, Pat Patterson. Pat um, he is a teacher at Berkeley college of music in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, he sure. wrote the book on how to write music. Um, and what he says is, you write your little box. He says, don't think outside of the box. Think inside of the box. First, you have this idea and you put it in a, in a box, your first box. And it's a small box. And then you move on to a slightly bigger box and you can have your idea in there, but it's a little bit expanded. And then you get to your third box. And this third box is the biggest one. And this is where, uh, this is where you bring it all together to where all of the mystery that's in the first two boxes is all revealed. And, um, and so what he means by all of this is you need to have some sort of linear argument, some sort of linear narrative, some sort of story that you're building on as you go. It doesn't have to be uh, a story as in like a narrative. It can be more of an argument, but in your first verse, you know, you want to introduce some ideas that you then build on. And then you, uh, then you have this moment in the song where you hook and you, it's like, think of the fish hook, you know, the, the first line is like the bait and then you get a little bit more bait, you know, it's moving, it's coming more attractive and then you hook, which means that you catch the listener and then you, you keep them coming back for more. And, uh, this song just doesn't have that, that structure at all. People come together, strange as neighbors, our blood is one. Children of generations of every nation of kingdom come. Um, like, the the only thing I can really think of is it's saying, you know, and this is probably some sort of a stretch, this might be where they're thinking, but when I think about it, 
I'm thinking the you know the nation of Israel as in defined in Romans, you know, the church. We are a people that are neither Jew nor Gentile. We uh, you know we come from every tribe, every tongue, every people, every land, but we are all one people now. We are now that is Israel. So people come together strange as neighbors, you know, people that are not related to one another, but our blood is one. So we are now this new Jerusalem, children of generations of every nation of kingdom come. So this is the way that the kingdom is supposed to be. Um, you know, this is the way that things are supposed to look now. This is the new world. This is getting into the new heavens and the new earth. You would think that the chorus would have something to do with, um, uniting together under one umbrella and being in Christ, being the founder of this new people that we can unify ourselves under. And we don't get that. We get, don't let your heart be troubled. Hold your head up high. Don't fear no evil, which is colloquial language again. You know, I love that. Fix your eyes on this one truth. God is madly in love with you. Take courage. Hold on. Be strong. Remember where our help comes from. There's just like that. There's no flow. And then we get into Jesus, our, our redemption, our savior is in his blood. So we get, um, we get that parallel of blood in the end of that first line. And both of them, uh, Jesus light of heaven, friend forever, his kingdom come. Um, yeah. And man, when it gets, and then the further the song goes, like when it gets to the end, all his children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus. It's just like throwing all sorts <laughs> of stuff just to the wind. I mean, it's get like, the kitchen sink in there. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's like what in the world are they like? They're um, Brian Wolfmuller of uh, Table Talk Radio. He would say like he's one of his big pet peeves is fragments. He he says you can't tell a truth with an incomplete thought. Like in order to, in order to convey truth, you have to do it in complete sentences. Otherwise you're just, you're leaving so much up to interpretation. And I, I, I'm sure he would listen to this, this line, all his children, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. His name is Jesus. It's like, well, at least there's a sentence there at the end. I don't know what it means. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just crazy, but yeah, we do have all creation, everything with breath, repeat the sound that is from Psalm 150, and it doesn't make any sense with the rest of the song. This is just, I don't know what in the world is going on in this song. I don't know what their argument is. I don't know why it's structured the way it is. And it's all to basically get to that one line, fix your eyes on this one truth. God is madly in love with you, which is supposed which is designed to make us feel happy with ourselves. That is why that line is there. God. Yeah. I mean, if you do a search for is God madly in love with you, you know, you're going to find all kinds of, um, just like little, you know, Hey, you know, God, God, you know, is madly in love with you. And, you know, this should be encouraging and stuff like that. But what it misses is, the godness of God, as mm-hmm. D.A. Carson would say, they've de-godded God. I'm trying to say it in his uh, wonderful accent, but I'm failing miserably. Broth. You, you know who could? Yeah, you but... know who could do it? Uh, 
Jim Briggs. We should get him. We gotta to get just, Jim Briggs on the show. We need to just get him to say that one thing, and then we can just insert it right here. The de-godding of God. Don't you see? Don't you see? All right, now we gotta call him and actually have him do that. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, maybe he could also say it for us in his Martin Lloyd Jones uh, <laughs> accent, which I think is one of his best. I still love the time that he had the ten-minute Star Wars explanation in his <laughs> we need to link to that episode we need to link to it oh i don't even know which one it is it was uh... we'll have to ask but it was because they, they had a thing where if they got to a certain number of of uh yeah i remember that just of itunes reviews they would have a 10 minute segment where jim briggs used his martin lloyd jones voice to talk about star wars <laughs> And it was amazing. So it we, was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. We got to find that one anyway. Okay. So in this song, we learned that God is madly in love with us. In this next song, we learned that Jamie Grace is madly in love with God. Mm, okay. And what is the name of this song? The song is, is called, called hold, hold me. me? Uh, though it is hold not called back. I Love the Way You Hold Me, there is a song called I Love the Way You Hold Me that I found on Spotify, and it was not the same one. So I did add this song to the Spotify playlist. And so if you've already listened to the Spotify playlist from last week, this song wasn't on there. And if you really feel like it, you can go and listen to the song on there. But yeah, I, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't. Uh, the first time I ever heard this song... <laughs> The first time we ever heard this song, my wife and I were driving down the highway. We were just flipping the radio stations. This song came on. It's a lovely little song. It's just it's a cute little song, cute bubblegum little girl voice with her acoustic guitar just singing this song. And then uh, yeah. and then it got to the chorus. And it's like, oh, this is pleasant. And then there's one word in the chorus that you're like, hold on, what? And we'll get there. But um, so... The song starts with Toby Mac saying, I love, I love, I love, I love, I love the way you hold me like six times in a row. Um, that's fun. Um, then we get to the rest of the song. I've had a long day. I just want to relax. Don't have time for my friends. No time to chit chat. Oh, Pro- man. Problems at my job. Wondering what to do. I know I should be working but I'm thinking of you. And just when I feel Aww. this, and just when I feel this crazy world is going to bring me down, that's when your smile comes around. Oh, I love the way you hold me by my side. You'll always be You take each and every day, make it special in some way. I love the way you hold me in your arms. I'll always be you take each and every day, make it special in some way. I love you more than the words in my brain can express. I can't imagine even loving you less. Lord, I love the way you hold me. <sighs> it's well, just a sweet song about this guy and this girl. Yeah, if it said it Chris, if it said Chris, it would be a nice type four song. But it says Lord, and so it's a type two song, and I'm going to keep going. Well, oh, you, you took my day and you flipped it around calmed the tidal wave and put my feet on the ground forever in my heart always on my mind 
It's crazy how I think about you all the time. And just when I think I'm about to figure you out, you make me want to sing and shout. I'm so grateful and thankful for all you've done. Wish I could tell you in a short story or poem, but all I have is my voice and this guitar, and you have my heart. You take each and every day, make it special in some way. There is a uh, term for this kind of song, and uh, it's a colloquial Type term. Type three? No. It's a, colloquial, oh. it's a colloquial term accepted by many Christians, especially those that are in the more theologically minded, and that is the Jesus is my boyfriend song. Ah, yes. And, yes, uh, yes, yes. and this is one of them's. Um, this song is just, it's not even well written. It's just, uh, it's just really, it's really <laughs> sickly, saply, just oozing with melted butter on pancakes. And then it says the word Lord at the end of the chorus. And it just throws the whole thing, it throws the whole thing off. If it didn't say Lord, it would be a nice little sweet song that this girl wrote to her boyfriend. Because this is definitely a girl singing to her boyfriend. There is absolutely no question about that. Um, So some background information. Jamie Grace has epilepsy. That is important to know, to understand this song. I did not know that. Not a lot of people do. Um, I was riffing on this song once, and someone's like, you know she has epilepsy, right? I'm like, no. How am I supposed to know she has epilepsy? And apparently she talks about it at her concerts. But when she was a little girl and she would have a seizure, her dad would hold her until the seizure was over. And that became a Mm. very intimate thing in her life that she remembers. And then uh, this song is about how she envisions Jesus holding her in those times and how eventually one day she knows that her husband will hold her in that same way. And so what you get is this mixture of father, savior, future husband, all rolled up into one and you get this mess. I I'm sad that she has epilepsy, which is another product of a broken, sinful world. Uh, because of how sin entered the world and no one should have to have epilepsy. Um, but if you're going to write a song about your epilepsy, you need to talk about your epilepsy. Like that's just, I, I, I think that that is common sense. If you're going to talk about how you need to be held because of, of your condition, that needs to be part of the song. But that's, that's sad. It's sad to think about, you know, her epilepsy. And this is a happy song about her boyfriend. Yeah, why can't it stay at that? I mean, it, it makes a really nice just uh, song. Why couldn't why it just be it... a song to her boyfriend? Yeah, why I mean, not? Even if she didn't have a boyfriend, she could write a song. Like, any song on the radio is true, first of all. Like, NSYNC was really trying to dump a girl when they wrote Bye Bye Bye. Um, NSYNC, all five of them at once. Uh you know, people write love songs and sing love songs all the time to not the actual significant other. It's most people don't even write their own songs. They're just singing a song someone else wrote because it sounds cool coming from their voice. Um, most narrative songs aren't legitimately 
like aren't telling a true story they're just telling a story because people want to hear stories and that's what songs are in a lot of ways so that said uh, i'm sorry if i burst your bubble about any narrative in any song <laughs> that you liked and you're like i knew that he was going to do that to that girl because it probably didn't happen um <laughs> but and you know what else i can say probably didn't happen Jamie Grace probably didn't get in trouble at work because she was slacking off because of all the time she was thinking about Jesus. Mm, mm. Okay. Why do you think that would be then? Because Jesus, as her savior, uh, would want her to be working at her job, which is what she's doing. If she's at her job and not working, then she is stealing from her employer and if she is actively stealing from her employer, then she's not actually thinking about real Jesus. She's thinking about a fake Jesus who's okay with her stealing from her employer. So what you're saying is that there is a bit of an error here that we need to There's a bit of an error here. And by the way, this this uh, that review, talking about the work especially, is from Brian Wolfmuller. I didn't come up with that on my own. Um However, there is another line that really does bother me, and that is, um, I can't imagine even loving you less. Mm. That line has always bothered me. Like That was one of the first lines that really just I jumped out you at me. I can imagine. You should. You, you should <laughs> be at a point less. in your walk of Christ <laughs> where you can imagine having loved him less. And if you are at a point in your walk with Christ that you don't remember loving him less than you currently do, that's called complacency. And, um, or if you really truly believe that you have, that you love him perfectly and that you don't imagine yourself any time in the, in the future, loving him less than perfectly, then you are a liar according to first John. Um, because that is what first John was written to combat was people saying that they had achieved perfection and that those people that haven't achieved perfection aren't true Christians. So there's a little bit of a catch 22 in that line. This is a song that uh, breaks the uh, the second commandment horrifically. Um, is it, this is creating an image of Christ that is not Christ, and she is daydreaming about Christ who is not Christ. She is loving this Christ who is not Christ, and um, that causes that causes some problems. Yeah, no, I definitely. It, it does. Um, this song is uh, wonderful on its own. Let's just rewrite the whole thing. You and me, Brian, and we'll sing it together, and it will be oh, I can, a wonderful type three song. I can write the song. I can rewrite the song just now with one word. Just say Chris. Chris, I love the way you hold me. You're done. Can, can we say Christy coming from you know two guys singing the song? No, because it's definitely coming from a girl. Okay. Um, I know my wife isn't going to be caught on camera singing. No. No. The, so the, hopefully your wife is good with it. Also, uh, another this song needs to be made. I, I need to. I need to list the. Uh, I need to list the episode of of uh, Table Talk Radio where they where they do this song in the praise song cruncher. Multiple reasons. One, the episode with the song they give an incredibly succinct outline to how they uh, look through songs, which was incredibly helpful for me. Um, but they ripped this song up. It's really, really fun to listen to. Uh, one of the things that Brian Wolfmuller said was, 
more songs need to talk about your brain. <laughs> Rather than your heart my, or my or mind. What? Like I love you more than the words in my mind can express, but in my brain, that's like the actual physical organ of the mm. body. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So. I was hoping that we could work in another kidney joke yeah, uh, we could for re- your friend and mine. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> you know, what's his name? Mark Lowry. Uh, the Chris- Mark Lowry. Yeah. We should just post that one as well. Just for fun. We're going to post the, uh, the open heart surgery skit. We'll look it up on YouTube. We'll post it in there. We've not talked about it in this episode. We talked about it in a previous episode and I think we failed to put it in the show notes. So we're just going to throw that one in for free. Cause it's pretty great. Um, <laughs> I love you. With both my kidneys. With both my kidneys. I um, thought we did that one before. I don't remember if we posted I, like, it. I thought, I thought we put it in the show notes. If we did, way. we did. And you know what? We're doing it again. Just for fun. Because why not? I will. Okay. I've, I've got it. I will. I will. Uh, I will. I'll make sure to post and it. And you know what else we need to post in the show notes? Oh, boy. Is the, the CCLI Babylon B, the CCLI police in the oceans, because we forgot to put that one in last week. Oh shoot! Okay, well. Um, and and Karen said that she liked that article, and that's what kept her going back to uh, going back to the Babylon Bee. So we need to make sure to put that one in there. Okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. Don't you love the on-air wrap-up where we're just chatting about <laughs> the show notes? Um, yeah. Um. So I think we've said all that needs to be said. I think we've covered that. We covered that one. Um, I'm just going to go briefly over these other four songs. So will I. Again, I feel like we've talked about that one a lot. The the line and there's two lines in that song that are really significant. One is it talks about evolution. It says all nature and science uh, follow the sound of your voice. And as we well, that's what they believe. Yeah. So so in the context of nature and science, it says as you as you speak, a hundred billion creatures catch your breath, evolving in pursuit of what you said. Mm. And then also mm-hmm. later in the song, it says on a hill, you created the light of the world, uh, abandoned in darkness to die. And as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear. And I think that uh. both of those are just really, really weak lines that, that just detract away from the gospel. Um, stand in your love is, uh, Josh Baldwin, this is like the stereotypical song of how many buzzwords can I throw into the song without actually talking about sin? Um, and also fear and love and just misunderstanding that first John passage, uh, raise a hallelujah by uh, the Helzers. Um, that one is again, it like it talks about, it doesn't talk about Jesus. It just talks about the King is alive is the closest it gets to. It talks about rising from the ashes, which is one of my favorites. And, uh, and up again, uh, just this really, really bizarre line in it where it says you can take a couple wrong turns and still end up where you're supposed to be. And I have no idea what he means theologically by that line. Um, and so that is just a really bizarre line in there. And so go listen to those songs, talk about it on, on, uh, some sort of social media that I'm staying away from. And that's right. You're still social media distancing. Six I feet did, away. I did pop in. It was really hard to type from six feet away from my computer. 
but I managed to make it work. I said one with sen- one very long stick. With one very long stick, I said one sentence and then haven't popped one since. Um, so that happened this past week. Yeah, yeah. So, so check it out. And if you have any other songs that you want to contribute to the conversation, feel free to post them in the Slack channel or email them to us or write a review on our iTunes and just say, Hey, Hey, help us get into the good column. I was getting to the good column. I am going to pull this up really quick and see if I can find what our comps are at the moment. Cause they jump all over the place. Um, last time I they checked, can't pin us down. We're, we're, we're the iconoclast. I think is what, th- what you're looking for there. No, I don't think that's what I'm looking for. No. Yes. Yes, it is. No, I'm not sure. What? Explain. Okay, uh, you might also like number one, Joel Osteen. There we go. Found number it. two, the Bible, Bible Project. Project. Number three, Elevation. Number four, something called that. That sounds, sounds fun. fun with Annie F. Downs. I don't know anything about that. Okay, Tim Keller. Uh, then we got uh, Mr. Keller there, Doctor Keller, Gospel and Life. And then uh, uh, Jenny Allen. Jenny Allen made for this. Made for this. The briefing. The briefing Al Moeller. Uh, the, first the first vision, vision the church of um, jesus christ of latter-day is... saints the joseph smith papers podcast mm-hmm. whoa that's a good then, podcast whoa that's a good Sadie podcast Robertson. then we get the first joyce meyer enjoying joyce meyer life. one year audio bible, one year audio bible. Renewing, your mind. renewing your mind whoa we got uh, renewing your mind on there and then uh pastor, pastor Rick. rick's daily hope Tony Evans. Tony Evans. And Proverbs then Proverbs. 31. Ooh, Proverbs thirty-one ministries. Good stuff there. So, in other words, we're 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 swimming with some really great people. We did manage to bump um, one of the Joyce Meyer podcasts off of the list. There were two on there. <laughs> well, oh, there is that. I but suppose. Joel Osteen is still hot and heavy in the number one slot, and so uh, I have no idea why. I don't know either because my teeth don't look nearly. I don't know how those those are. I, I, well, I mean, my face is almost as beautiful, but um, I man, look at that vein no idea how they build face. their boobs. Mm. Yeah, he does have a lot of pain yeah. on there. He looks like he's been working out his forehead. <laughs> he's got nothing left to work out. It's just like that's all that's left. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anyway, enough of that. Renewing your we mind. should figure out a way to wrap up the show. We should. <laughs> we should. Let's see how much of that we're going to uh, All right. So do you have anything further you wanted to say about any of these songs that I just jumped around? I don't have too much to really say about the rest of these songs here. I would caution against anything that tries to attribute so much emotionality um, to the song or emotions to god like we talked about i don't believe that's who god is like he's not the god of emotions yeah i mean i um you know god is eternal he is infinite uh, and he uh he's, he's never ending and so he he's not the god of temporary feelings he's not the god of the, the here today gone tomorrow emotions that it's is not your boyfriend it's not your boyfriend for sure and the the wedding imagery of christ as the bridegroom and the church as the bride 
uh, has very little to do with romance. It has so much more to do with um, the complementarian view of marriage, how there is a hierarchy and how there is, um, you know, how the the husband is the head of the household, just as Christ is the head of the church. And there's a permanence to it. Marriage is supposed to be permanent. So there's a permanence to the people of God as in, in their salvation. And so the bride imagery is about the assurance of pardon. And it is not about a romantic love with Jesus. And, um, and so I think a lot of the songs that talk about a romantic, a romantic type love just really, really miss the point. And, and, and I think it comes to an, uh, just a misunderstanding and a misteaching of of that of the the bridegroom and the and how that is supposed to be working. That's exactly right. All of the songs here that we've kind of put up, ideally, you're not singing them in your church. But... I sure hope not. <laughs> They are a lot of them are fun to listen to um, from a type two type three standpoint. So enjoy them, but you know enjoy them uh, knowing what you're really listening to. That maybe they don't have kind of the clearest eyed version. Um, the the they don't have a. a, a a good interpretation of what the Bible is trying to say. So just be cautious, but they are kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, with the, the Francesca Battistelli song, um, it's the whole song. It's about, uh, breaking up with fear. It's called the breakup song and fear. You don't own me. There ain't no room in the story. Um, it's, it's about, uh, the narrative is I was once, you know, kind of enslaved by fear, but now I'm not. And now I am breaking up with fear and it's, it's got some clever lines in it. And, but the more I've thought about it, the more it's like, this isn't a religious song. This isn't a song about, about Jesus. It's not a song about being saved from sin. It's not about that. It's about breaking up with fear. And so from that perspective, it is a really solid type three song. Um, but when so much on the radio these days is a type one song, it's really hard for me to remember, oh wait, there's some type three songs that are still making it onto the Christian radio station. And it, it just threw me for a loop, especially since it was around the same time as Fear the Liar, which is clearly a type two song, which is probably sung in some churches. Um, because a lot of his stuff is sung in a lot of churches. Uh, which a lot of Francesco Battistelli's songs are probably sung in churches. Hopefully not the got another dent in my fender, got another dent <laughs> in my jeans. Um, but her song Defender, I'm sure it is. Uh, it's sung in churches. Um, mm. Holy Spirit, which wasn't technically hers. That's a, a Jesus culture song that she sings. But, you know, we, we sing that one um, in church. And so it's uh, it's interesting. But I would say um, one thing to remember is that we need to respect God. God has a weight to, uh, to him. He, is, he condescends to us. We can't condescend to him. Uh, definitely going to 
I'm, I'm, I'm filing that one away. That one's going to be a thing. Um, Excellent. But just when in, you know, when it all comes down to it, only thou art holy. There is none beside thee, perfect in power, in love, in purity. There is a bomb in the end to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in the end to heal the sin sick for listening to the Balm and Gilead podcast. We love hearing from you, so email us at thereis at balmcast.com. We are a part of the Tech Reformation family of podcasts, and you can discuss our show and much more at slack.techreformation.com. We'll see you there. If you enjoyed the Balm and Gilead podcast, please encourage others to listen. We value your feedback So rate, review, and recommend the show in your podcast app of choice. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Balm in Gilead podcast. See, I didn't waste that segue. I went straight to it. Yeah, you did. Uh, I kept waiting for you to go straight to it because I was like, he's he's building up. And I was like, maybe he's wanting me to add in something. No, we got that. That Yeah, we got that. in the can, in the can, as they say. <laughs>